Thank you for joining me with Just a Kiss as we gracefully stroll through Michelle Obama's beautiful life and memoir, the number one New York Times bestselling book, Becoming. Michelle Obama, a major sensation and spectacle since her debut as the wife of the outstanding speaker and senator of Chicago when he began his race to be the 44th president of the United States. She scripts a memoir of the growth to her highest level of influence and the highest education as the first lady of the United States. So today I have a special treat. This is the first time we've done wine and books together. I have a guest, Miss Michaela Washington, and we are in the middle of a, well, the beginning of a nice bottle of a Cabernet, and we are discussing Miss Michelle Obama in her new book, um, Becoming. She has read it thoroughly from beginning to end. And we have some questions for her. And I uh, also wanted her to share some of her uh, favorite parts of the book. So on that, here is our questions and Q&A with Michaela Washington. Hello, Miss Michaela Washington with our very first wine and books. That didn't sound good. Cheers. Let's try that again. Hello, Miss Michaela Washington in our first book with wine. Uh, that was a little bit better that time. Um, let's see. Um, let's so go into. Picky. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> let's go into this um, beautiful memoir. Yes. Um, first, let's just look at the cover itself. I mean, isn't Gorgeous. that just. That's just a beautiful picture of her. I know. She looks beautiful. You know, it's interesting because I will say as a skeptic of her in the very beginning when she first came into being the first lady. Yeah. I will say that um, I don't even know why, but people were picking her apart about what she wore, how she looked, what she was doing. Yes. Um, I found that very interesting now, you know, as I became a fan of hers, um, a 150% devoted fan. But it's interesting at first, everybody was very uh, skeptical about who she was. Yeah, and she actually touches on this in the book because uh, it really impacted her, actually. she, When she first started helping with Barack and uh, his campaigning, she was a huge part of that and being on the road. And she would go and, and speak uh, because, she, of course, she's eloquent. She's very educated and you know, somebody that is definitely going to make Barack look that much better. But she had a lot of people that would pick her apart. And she started feeling like, is this worth it? Because she had daughters at home. She had, she had daughters at home that she wanted to be with. Uh, she was working her other, her job and really kind of putting herself on hold for it. So that picking a part of her definitely made her feel 
like she wasn't sure if it, the time and energy she was putting into it really was helping Barack, uh, just because you know you were saying such nasty things. That's very interesting. So did she get into her book about how she overcame that or did she overcome it? Yeah, I mean, she definitely, I would say, overcame it. It took time because I think her whole time Barack was president, you know, there was people judging her and saying nasty things about her appearance and just her in general. So she just had to overcome that by getting out there and seeing Americans that are dealing with hard, hard things. Like she, she saw so many, you know, she visited military and saw, you know, the men and women putting their lives on the line. And that really impacted her. She saw families, you know, suffering and just seeing that I think made her feel like it was that much more worth everything she was going through and not let it get to her as much. I mean, she is human, so it did, but not as much as it did in the beginning stages. So she had like a sense of obligation. For sure. Like She even talks about how, you know, she wanted, you know, time. Of course, she wanted to be with Barack, but knowing that he had such an obligation and, and she felt like she had an obligation that she felt selfish for feeling that way and just knowing that it was bigger than just them got it that's that's very um deep actually if you think about the fact that she was a woman mm-hmm. and she was all of a sudden thrust into this life yeah where she had to put herself on hold and i'm sure there was other aspects of this i don't know if we're jumping in too far ahead if you want to backtrack maybe we can start from the beginning before we go into how you know she changed later um what would you say is the maybe overall theme that the book gives to the reader so there's a couple themes i would say really just a sense of growth and just knowing that you're always growing as a person there's there's a quote i I would have to find really quickly but she really just is always in the book talking about just growth and and changing and evolving and and that being a constant and I think that's inspiring to know you know like she says in the beginning you know people ask children what do you want to be when you grow up and that being such a huge question that's asked always and she says that that's such a terrible question to ask because it it puts it as if you know, we are going to get to a certain destination and and stop at that point, right? Like if I want to be a doctor, I'm going to work up to that and then, you know, that's it. But really we're always growing and you're always having, going to have a new title. Nice. So I also remember hearing something about a piano. Yes. What was this? What's the story behind the piano? Yes. I know I've, I've talked to you about this a little bit. So when Michelle was a very, very little girl, her her family lived uh, with her aunt, but they lived on the top floor was like their own space, and the bottom floor was her aunt's space. And her aunts uh, had a piano and had classes that she would give to children in the neighborhood. And when she got older, uh, not older, just, you know, a little bit, she was young still she's a she's a, a child uh but her aunt started giving her lessons and she was very 
sassy about it. And her aunt was also very strong-willed woman. And she tried to show her aunt that she could play piano so great and try to impress her. And her aunt was a strong woman to impress. She's very hard on on not just her, but all, all the children that she would teach because she expected so much. It sounds like that maybe Michelle um, is, this is where she talks about the fact that, um, you know, the sense of appreciation that she receives and how children are encouraged if they know that there's an adult, a caring adult, who wants them to work hard. And maybe this piano is a symbolic of that. I would say definitely yes, just because there was a part, right? Her aunt was always so tough on her, but she was going to have a showcase. During this showcase, Michelle was so used to this old, broken-down piano that she had been practicing on. She, you know, felt the different keys just based off of, you know, chips and, you know, just different things. And when she went to the showcase, it was just a nice, clean piano, and she freaks out a little bit and she's very nervous and she's not too sure what to do and her aunt knowing this seeing decides to of course help her because she's a child and she cared about her and I think in that moment Michelle realized that Robbie truly did care about her doing well and that's all she wanted was for her to do well and to be successful. So it sounds like she was able to maybe regain some confidence after she arrived and um, assisted her when she was in a difficult position on stage. Sounds like she was playing probably a pretty fancy piano. Yeah, yeah, she definitely, she was. Uh, and she definitely did gain confidence and she was able to do it just based on Robbie being there and you know, as a young child, that's so such a pivotal moment, right, of being nervous, being scared, and then having an adult there to reinforce that you got this. You don't, you're going to do fine. And that really helped Michelle in that moment. And I think little things like that has helped her through life. So it seems like so far, I would say that Michelle demonstrates some experiences in life that she shares that really showed what inspired her to do more and become better. I'm wondering, what do you think continued to bring her that optimistic feeling of wanting to become, as she calls it, Princeton material? So I would say it started, she had a mom that was very dedicated to her children. And there was an instance where Michelle was in school. Her teacher wasn't very attentive to the class. She didn't seem to care much about their growth and, and their progression. And she told her mom about it. And her mom, being the way she was, went to the school and had Michelle removed from that class immediately and put into a higher class. And that was a real pivotal moment for her because she even talks about this later in the book of that could have hindered her. And she would have been in a class where, you know, teacher didn't care 
and students were acting the way the teacher allowed them to, uh, but she was put in a in a better situation where she can develop. I would also say on top of that, just having a supportive family, uh, seeing her brother be able to go to Princeton and also be successful, uh, African-American man, I think that also was motivation for her of seeing, you know, her, her own brother doing it and having her family support helped her be such a strong woman. So So um, I see that you were stating um, at another time when we were talking, you were mentioning that Michelle uh, took on a different position from the original law firm and went into working as a executive director for the Chicago chapter of a company called Public Allies. And in there, she did that, you said, because she needed that fulfillment of doing something different, even though she took a pay cut. And it seems like Barack, on the other hand, was busy doing other things such as staying at that job, that law firm, and then also teaching. I think I remember you saying a class on racism and the law at the University of Chicago Law School. Go a little further into that and also what else Barack was doing, what else um, his book, and what else you learned during this this period of the book yes michelle left the law firm which was actually a very hard decision for her she's up until this point michelle kind of was very driven and she knew what she needed to do but she didn't necessarily go with her heart always she always went with what she felt she needed to do so her leaving that law firm was a huge pivotal moment i think for her and and just knowing that she needs to go with her heart and, and what she wanted to do. So she ended up starting to work with people in her community and the youth and just helping them get on a good path of where they want to be and just showing them that they can be more, they can do more just as she did. And just having that sense of community, it helps youth and she knew that and that's why she wanted to be a part of that. On the other hand, Barack was doing, he was doing a lot. He was working at the law firm still, which was a lot of work. He was, uh, like you said, he was doing a class on racism and in law. And that was important for him because, you know, racism in law is, is still to this day, right? It's a huge part of why people of minority are, are locked up at a, much higher rate and and that was important to Barack and he was also writing his book which didn't do very well on the market I mean it was modest but it was important to him and the reviews on it were 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 really well and it it was about his his father so that was a huge part of Barack and just like putting that part of his life to, I don't want to say rest, but, you know, coming to terms with that part of his life and dealing with that. So after his published book, as you mentioned, Dreams from My Father, that is, um, in 1995, then in 1996, he decides he wants to run for senator. And I guess Michelle agrees upon that 
even though she's not a fan, I as you said, say right? I agree. <laughs> she, she, she never really fully agrees. I, I think whenever he brings this up, he asks her and he wants her blessing, but there's never really a, a concrete, yes, go for it. You got this, right? It's very much hesitation on her end. And she's very matter of fact about this and, and truthful about her feelings about politics and she's not very fond of politics she's not fond of the nastiness she's not fond of the way it changes people right and she actually earlier in the book had a friend who's had I I believe it was her father who was in uh, who was a politician and she saw that him working long hours and going to these rallies and and she saw what it was like in the work she just was not fond of it she didn't really want him to but she was going to support him of course because he's her husband and, and she knew he he was a good person and what he was wanting to do was just to better the community and and to help make things better So tell me the part that we all are dying to know. When does she actually meet Barack? And tell us how that whole thing goes down. I mean, we know a little bit here and there, but all right. So she meets uh, Barack actually after Harvard Law. Uh, Barack is still in Harvard Law School himself, which is very random, but he's trying to get in the same law firm as Michelle, or should I say the law firm is trying to get Barack to come to them because he's one of the best Harvard Law students to try to entice him to join their law firm. Uh, So they really want to get him and they're having him come for a summer program Tell us what she tells you. Bring him to kind of want to join the firm. So is it true that she gets annoyed by his lateness? What's the deal with that? Okay, yeah. So the the first time he's supposed to come to just meet her and to get shown around the firm, he is late. And she is a busy lady and she is not happy about this. So she doesn't have a great first impression about Barack just based on that on his tardiness and and she's not too fond of him in that moment okay so do they start a relationship while he is working for the firm or uh is she just like showing him around like how does that that progress so she starts off just kind of thinking okay like he's cute right but it's nothing more than that it's very much work related uh, but they're the two only uh, african-american people really in the firm so because of that they're just kind of bonded because of that and barack really hangs out with michelle so uh, they get to be more friendly hang out at lunch nothing really crazy like they're not in a relationship it really truly started off as them just being friends and cracking jokes and uh, just getting acquainted. Interesting. So then um, what about when they get into the point of... So they're not in a relationship yet, right? It, it happens later on. And I think everyone in the firm was kind of knowing it was going to happen uh, just because they were hanging out. 
But Michelle was a very much in her younger years. She's very much by the book. She was kind of, she was just, this is the way, you know, her life had to be. Like she was going to school. She was going to get her degree. She's going to work for this law firm. Sounds she, very strict. Very much strict on herself. And uh, it just kind of happened organically because they just really enjoyed each other's company. She didn't want to be that kind of person dating someone, you know, within the firm. And, and she didn't want to have that sort of outlook when they so she goes into her aspect of pregnancy and how it was a little difficult i know and then further into the struggle yeah the part of um her firstborn malia and she has to go through in vitro and um, she basically has to undergo it alone, she mentions. And I, I remember hearing about that. But then it goes a little bit further into, you know, how life basically takes over for Barack. So Barack now is getting calls saying that the Senate is abruptly coming to a secession to finish work on a bill. And it sounds like there's a lot going on in their life. And then Malia gets sick. He doesn't attend. And then I guess legislation explains that he will miss the vote on the bill or something like that. But then come to find out, there was five votes. They lost by five votes, but they were blaming Barack. Yeah, they were on vacation uh, in Hawaii uh, seeing Barack's family because that's where Barack is from. And they were enjoying their time together and they they knew they were going to have to go back. Uh, but Malia gets really sick. And Michelle tells him, we can't put her on a plane. So Barack had the choice. His choice was to leave and go do this vote or to stay with his sick baby. Because she was, she, was, she was a baby. She, she hadn't, couldn't have been only a year or two, no more. And he decides to stay with his family. Uh, this ends up being... Like you said, something that the politicians use against him, you know, him not taking the job serious and being on vacation and not, you know, caring about this important vote, right? Like you said, they lost by five either way. At the end of the day, his baby was sick. Michelle would have had to deal with that alone as well as fly back home alone. And I just think Barack knew in that moment he needed to choose his family over politics, and and that's what he did. She has their second baby, also through in vitro. Sasha. Yes, and then, so then she mentions how life continues. They have two children, um, Barack is teaching. He's a legislator. She also has a full-time job in a hospital. Yes, she changes careers. Mm-hmm. And then um, George Bush is president, and the country has just endured the tragedy of 9-11. Yeah. So this is when Barack decides he wants to maybe run for Senate, and Michelle's not happy about that either. Is that correct? Like I said, she's not a fan of politics at all, so... 
uh, Barack doing more within politics was not something she was wanting. And then he was going to have to be in Washington more. And that really starts taking a toll on Michelle, just him being gone more. Yeah, so then I guess they they begin some kind of counseling. With Barack being gone more, it like I said, it started taking a toll on their marriage and really just Barack working these long hours. And not only was he working these long hours, he has time for the gym. <laughs> so, you know, having those self-serving moments and Michelle was just, you know, kind of frustrated. She felt like I'm taking care of of the girls and working and, and, you know, you're taking time even to have time for yourself. So they would stay up late waiting for him to come home for dinner. And sometimes he wouldn't even come home. So that really started frustrating. He would come home, but late, I mean, I'm sorry. Like when the girls had to be in bed. So Michelle just started getting really frustrated. So they do go to counseling And Michelle thinks that this counselor is just going to tell her that she is correct. Barack is wrong and he needs to to fix it. and He needs to start coming home on time. But like counseling goes, that didn't happen, right? He tells both of them the truth. Part of that is Michelle knowing that it's good for Barack to have his time and that she should make her time as well. Her learning that, she makes a lot of changes in their dynamic because she loves Barack and wants to, of course, stay married, but she needed to change some things. So rather than wait up for him to come home, she said, we're having dinner at eight if you're here or not. She takes time and she goes to the gym and you know, makes it around a time where her mom can come watch the girls. And she just makes sure she starts taking care of herself and making herself more of a priority. Then in 2004, John Kerry invites Barack to give a keynote address to the Democratic National Convention and Um, Barack is still, nobody knows him, she mentions, and then he never used a teleprompter or been live on Prime or anything. Basically, she mentions that he was destined for this moment, and Barack speaks for 17 minutes that night explaining who he is and where he comes from, his grandfather, who had fought in World War II, his father, who had herded goats in Kenya, his parents implorable love and their faith in good education and their son and then he cast himself as a literal embodiment of the American story and then the crowd basically roars to its feet explain to us this part of the book it's a tearful part to read as well because this is when Barack finally I think realizes the magnitude of what he's doing and what he could do was and you know he becomes you know all the talk for everybody that he was on all the news stations everybody was talking about this african-american man and who he was from chicago well becomes a bestseller again doesn't it it comes right back and it becomes a bestseller 
It does. So, uh, and then after this point, George W. Bush is going to be out, right? So they start talking about who's going to, you know, run. And his name starts getting um, put into the mix, which is crazy because you're thinking, right? This man has not even really been known. And now all of a sudden, he is on a huge platform and a lot of people start recognizing him and wanting to take pictures with him. And this is when he becomes a household name. Okay, so this is where Michelle catches the moment for herself and decides to sneak upstairs. It was during the general campaign. Uh, it had it had some grueling moments with John McCain and his running mate, Sarah Palin. And she had received news only the day before that, you know, Barack's grandmother had passed. She had been sick for months, but Barack had assured her that he was okay. And that's when she told him that she was proud of him. And then um, the results had come in at 6 p.m. A few states go for McCain, but for the most part, they all go to Brock. And then Illinois goes to Brock. And then that's when Michelle, Malia, Sasha, Michelle's mother, wait for Brock as the updates trickle in. And they are both struck by the fact that he is about to be elected leader of the free world. He is still only human, a vulnerable man, but he... Is about to become a lonely man in this whole aspect. And at 10 o'clock, the networks begin to announce Barack is the 44th president. And when that's when everyone starts to cheer and yell, and she says how it's so surreal. They drive to the Grant Park for his speech, shocked to see that the Secret Service had cleared the street already. 200,000 people were there to see him speak. And Barack, Michelle, Malia, and Sasha all walk on the stage, standing before a giant of mass Americans and they've been waiting a long, long time. And I remember that day so well. It was literally late at night. And I remember because I stayed up all night just waiting for the results to come in. And I remember that moment. It's pretty emotional. So after this pivotal moment, um, what did she say about becoming first lady? That must have been amazing. That first period of time and getting started like what were some of the things that she um, reflects on so I think after being you know having a a career of her own and in you know many different hats she's had right now she's first lady and navigating that and she felt like first lady you know most first ladies they don't really have too pivotal of a job And her trying to figure out where does she fit in this world of politics? What can she do? And, you know, getting accustomed to the house, Laura Bush had came to the house and she showed her around and, you know, showed her the the rooms and the areas and she's very nice to her and, and was honest with her and... I think that was a great moment of of her having that time with Laura Bush and then just Laura Bush explaining, you know, what she did, what her daughter went to school, all that great stuff, as well as now Michelle's having Secret Service with her all the time and 
having to figure out where she wants to send her daughters to school and forcing her mom to move with her to the White House. That was a whole nother thing. She needed her mom there with her. And her mom said, my house is in Chicago. It's funny because I can totally relate to this. She had to have her brother convince her mom for her to (laughs) stay with her in the White House. And uh, that was a whole nother thing. And she finally came and she needed her there during this transition because it was so new and she needed something that was familiar. And her mom, of course, was that. And knowing that with her daughter's transitioning from normal normalcy to this new normal that they were going to have, she needed her mom to help her and, and be there for her girls. Barack Obama reversed the uh, most serious economic crisis since the Great Depression. He brokered the Paris Agreement on climate change. He brought tens of thousands of troops home, led the effort to shut down Iran's nuclear program, and 20 million people have health insurance, and they made it through two terms in office without a major scandal. Um, Michelle's reference then to Hamilton emphasized the idea that While it is true that America's past politicians have largely been white men, that doesn't mean that they are the only ones worth celebrating. And then uh, she, you mentioned to me that it was the best piece of art in any form that she'd ever encountered. Yep, it sure was. And I, uh, so I'm not mistaken, that was their first date night when they finally got to have a moment together. It was uh, to go see Hamilton in New York. She was. They were excited about. Um, what are What are some of the things that she says about Melania and Trump? The transition. Uh, I. Th- <laughs> it was a very interesting um, encounter when she talks about that the day where Donald Trump comes over, um, but she decided to be graceful, right, and have dignity throughout the process, and and that's exactly what she did. Uh, so when they came to the White House, uh, it was obviously awkward, but uh, she just stayed the way she normally would. and Dignified. Yes, dignified and classy. And uh, Melania, I think she, in a way, felt a little bad for her, just knowing the magnitude of the jobs they were about to have. And she she doesn't not like Melania. I think that her feelings were solely for Trump. I don't think she has any ill will for Melania herself. Mm-hmm. So that encounter, she was trying to be as sweet and make her feel welcome and uh, right. in every way possible. Uh, and she treated her the same way that Laura Bush had treated her years prior when uh, she took over. Beautiful. Uh, And then in conclusion, Michelle concludes that she says, I'm an ordinary person who found herself on an extraordinary journey. In quote, she says she spent her life trying to connect with people in hopes to continue to do so in sharing her story. Lastly, she asked readers to invite one another in and let go of the diverse division of stereotypes and biases and to embrace the ways in which people are the same it's not about being perfect she says in quote she says it's about quote where you get yourself in the end quote 
that is what becoming means to her. Beautiful, beautiful story. Yes. Pick up your book. Um, we gave you kind of a good idea of everything that the book was about, but you need to really read it to get the beauty of Michelle and her journey to yeah. becoming. I think, honestly, yeah, we explained, you know, parts of it, but if you really want to get a full sense from Michelle herself, you, you have to read it to kind of hear it from her perspective and to uh, understand her feeling throughout because... We touched on just a fraction of the book. It's so much information she gives you, not just in politics. So if you're not into politics, I think this is a great read because she goes in depth with her early years in her life and just um, being an African-American woman in America and her growth and everything that she had to endure through that process. So just growing as a person in general, it's just really good book to, to – uh, see somebody else's life going through, you know, the Very big light, the big stage. I mean, the biggest stage ever and how that must have felt that transition must have been. But thank you, Michaela. That was really fun. I hope thank you enjoyed you. your time. Yes. I hope I gave as much insight as I could. Uh, it was a, it was an, it was an amazing read. Honestly, I, I definitely recommend. Like I said, even if you're not into politics, even if you're not a fan, right? Like it's motivational, no matter who you are. And I would definitely recommend it. Thank you, Michaela. All right, so readers, until next time, we will speak to you. And until then, with just, just a kiss. A kiss.